0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: I just looked at him. And, of course, I couldn't look too long I'm driving.
2: Hi, Caitlin. This interview, I cannot i struggle to think of something more. Personally Actually, I think meaning. you're
3: struggling to just talk.
2: I am. I'm struggling to describe it. It happened two weeks ago, but I'm still struggling with it. I've tried to describe it to people. I get—I get teary. You get verklempt. I get verklempt.
3: I got verklempt in the room. You did get verklempt. Fl- f- 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 I can't even say it. You—you you, you got so verklempt. But bottom line is, uh, we had the wonderful opportunity to uh, go up to Billie Jean King's apartment here in New York City, as we all live here. And interview the great Billie Jean King. And um, obviously, I know Billie quite well. We roomed together a few times at Wimbledon, which is I have some classic stories about. But I don't think we got into in the podcast because, you know, with Billie, it's like a limited amount of time. And Billie um, is quite the storyteller. But I love her beyond, you know, anything that I can describe as a human being. She's What people don't really understand about Billie is that she's such a kind person. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say anything badly about anyone unless they really deserve it um and she's just always forward thinking always positive thinking always trying to make a difference in the world in a good way for women and for equality for men yeah you know for everybody she's just she is truly when i talk about my shiro or my hero Mm -hmm. it is billy is on top of that list so i'm i'm uh we're really pleased that we were able to get her and just get some of her thoughts on life in general and tennis and All kinds of things.
2: It was a really meaningful interview for me. You cried. I cried. You know, Title IX changed my life, literally. Um, I've always wanted to say thank you to her role in making that a law that changed the lives of women beyond measure. Um, And also, you know, what I loved about her so much is, yeah, she was willing to take my compliment. But more than anything else, she wanted to... Fuel it back into like, okay, but what are we going to do next? Yeah. But how are we going to organize next? And what's coming next? And you guys have to take ownership of, of activism. And and talking about her work with the U.S. Na- National Women's Soccer Team, she's she's somebody who... Passing the button. She doesn't want to sit on her loyal, mm. on her laurels and be lauded as Mm-mm. an icon. She no. wants to do the work. She's always wanted to do the work. And I, wh- I cannot express how unbelievably admirable that is. Because she could. She could just say, I did it. I'm yeah, great.
3: Done it. Sit back. Relax. Yeah. And all she's thinking about is helping women um, sort of make a difference in the world and, you know, taking them up the ladder. So we just, I love her like nobody else.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not the first, the last time she'll be on the show, but it was a fantastic, fantastic chat. Um, And, you know, uh, I think we will, I I trust you'll enjoy it because I think it's one of the best uh, conversations we've ever had.
3: And if you don't enjoy it, well, Caitlin did.
2: (laughs) All right. Here's our interview with the one and only Billie Jean King.
1: Still so like in Chicago. We also work seven days a week. Most people don't like it. I'm 75 and I'm still working seven days a week, so most people don't do that.
2: That's because we They're need you.
1: are thinking to... at 55, like, I'm going to retire. Oh,
3: shit, I thought about it. For me, but I
1: I thought about it.
2: You could never retire. You and didn't... then I looked
1: around and said, everybody retired looked miserable. And I go, and God gave me all this energy, so I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? All right, here we go.
2: You'd be one of those people who gets bored.
3: Yeah. I actually once asked you at Wimbledon when you and I were roommates, and I said, Billy, when are you going to take a fucking vacation? And you said, I've got too much to do. <laughs> that's exactly I got too how much I, to
1: do. That's how I think and feel, yeah.
3: Yeah, I was going to your 70th birthday party, which was only a couple of years ago now. And God, you said... No, it's
1: five years ago. It feels like nothing. It was
2: five and a half years ago. Wow. Wow. Mm. We need you. You can't retire. We need everybody. We need you we more need than We need you. Ever. We need the youth more than you
1: need me, but we're supposed to support the youth.
2: Well, you've set a good foundation. You came up a couple of days ago. I was listening to a really brilliant 30 for 30 podcast called Back Pass, and mm-hmm. it was about the U.S. Women's National Team and their efforts to establish... What team? The the 99ers. Soccer oh, the 99ers, 99, yeah, 99 the Julie, Slears, girl. Exactly. Julie
1: and, the, and the, I talked to Julie in the old days. Julie's always been so supportive of the Women's Sports Foundation, and back in the old days in the mid-90s, she and I would meet every morning after the Women's Sports Foundation dinner because she was so frustrated. They weren't making any progress. Mm-hmm. And I'd start asking her questions because she's got the answers. Julie's brilliant. So I just, and because of the experience I'd already had with tennis, I understood what she was going through. It's like the same story, different sport. Yeah, That's all it is. It's the same story, yeah, different, Federation different, doesn't winning. matter. It doesn't matter what it is, okay? Yeah. So here we are in soccer, and she's lamenting, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this sounds just like us in the late 60s. So I started asking her questions. I said, well, what are you you going to do about it? And uh, she goes, what do you mean? I said, you guys have power. The national team has power. And you have to start uh, negotiating and get what you want. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be willing to not go. And that's where Mm -hmm. it's difficult. And you've got to get not only your generation But to really have this work, you've got to get the next superstars, at least of the next generation. So you can't just have you guys. They'll start thinking you, you know, the the, I guess what is it, uh, USA Hockey or whatever, Mm -hmm. is going to think of you as old. So they're going. All right, let those guys go, but we'll get the next group. No, no, you get the next group to go with you. Right. And if you get them, then they're going to be hard put. Because we're gonna be thinking, oh, not only this generation, ooh, we don't even have the next ones. It's gonna be so embarrassing if we don't go to World Cup and do these things, yeah. right? So I said, you've gotta get in there. And then she, I said, how many events do you have? And we went through different events. So I said, you've got about four events you have leverage with. So you need to figure out how to get what you want. But start now when you have these four coming up. Don't wait until the last event, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, they kept waiting. And finally, this now one morning I said, "What are you? Come on! What are you going to do? You now, now, other people are not going to do it for you. That's what we thought. We're hoping, you know, the guys would help us, and you know, the officials would help us. They're not helping you. They don't care. So you have to do it. You have to. You care about yourselves. You've got to step up. The women have to do it. You have to just go and ask for what you want and need." Asked, and you have to be
3: willing to walk away.
1: And of course, you have to be willing to walk away. And that's where it's difficult. So they started doing it, but she here's what Julie would do. She's so funny. I'd get a, I'd get a phone call at eleven or twelve o'clock at night. Kinger, help. And I go, what? And they needed answers the next day. I go, Oh my god, why didn't you call me earlier? But she had John she had well, John. Thank Land- god night person, but she had John she had John La- Landau and all these other people doing the yeah. real work. I was just the cheerleader, but, but anyway, you, but she finally what was figured it out. interesting
2: to me is that they took tactics. It wasn't just like, can you? And this is to me what is special about you, but also what we need to, as the next generation of people who want to disrupt, change, preserve. You know, mm-hmm. basically ensconce. My viewpoint is women's sports because it needs protecting and building more than ever mm-hmm. now. Yes, is you're not just symbolic. You're not a symbol. You're you're tactical. You're. A, you're,
1: well, you want to be. You want to. You want to have the, a vision, the yeah. and then make it a reality. Yeah. And how do you get there? And those are what you're you're talking about.
2: Exactly, Caitlin, okay,
1: you're talking about the tactics to get there. So
2: you told, but you have to
1: have that strategy in place, completely. and then and then you get the you use the tactics. Right? What
2: I liked, and to, to me, why we need you, and why tennis needs you, and what tennis needs at the moment, to me, is. You told Julie, it can't just be about you guys. It can't just be about the national teamers. And so when the league was threatening to pull back funding, they said, fine, all the national leaguers, all the stars will take pay cuts, but we're going to ensure that the second tier of players, the younger players, don't have their pay touched because they're the ones we really need to support and build for when we're gone. Right. And so that kind of thinking about how does this affect me and my cohort, but also can I get this next generation really empowered is is really smart.
1: Here's what always happens. The first and second generation usually work really well together, mm-hmm. and like the first generation mentors the second generation, and really tight relationships because of it. But by the third generation in any sport, usually it starts to become me and I.
2: Yeah,
1: It's amazing, and it doesn't matter if it's basketball, soccer, I told Julie, get ready, third generation, you will see a breakdown. They'll start thinking much more about their own contracts and what mm-hmm. they need, it's just, oh no, I said, and they've been very good, though. They've been great. They have stayed together.
2: Yeah. yeah I think
1: the they've think, done a good job. Yes, I think considering what are we into, what generation? Fourth? Yeah, fourth. So yeah. I think they've done really great. And I think yeah. in soccer being the biggest sport in the world, they've got it made compared to other women's sports.
3: Totally. The thing that frustrated me about that story, though, was the fact that when they folded after three years, was it going You mean the, the first season, soccer league? Yeah, the first soccer league. Was that the surprise of the guy who ran the MLB, uh, the, uh, the MLS said, oh man, I would have loved to have lost $17 million. They no lost $75 million and yeah. they're still propping them up and they're still losing money to this day. And he said they won't make um, any profit until, what was it, 2020 yeah. something? 2022. Or? Yeah, but that's what
1: you have to do. That's what men have always had. But yes. the
3: surprise was that how much money the men were losing, but yet men were still propping them up and would still keep yes, losing. Yes, that's the it, difference. Whereas, whereas
2: women, they women just fold get, it up. And we, so, oh, that's we, what they get do. get one chance. We get one chance. One chance. One chance, one try. And that's the it. men get endless runway, and I think that, to me, is well, the, also it's big the old concern. boy
1: network. They support each other. It's, okay, yeah. it's about them. Yeah, and the owners see themselves. Okay, so it's about them as well. And we have to get, especially um, men and women, but men particularly who have power already, and women who have power. Although we don't have the power the men do still to this day, but. The men who have daughters is where we have our chance. If they don't have a, da- a daughter, usually there's no chance.
2: That's their way of relating? No,
1: yes, they understand. Yeah. They want. They don't want their daughter to have less than their son all of a sudden, yeah. especially the newer generations, the men. Yeah, they go, oh, yeah, I have a daughter. I say, well, do you want her to have less? And they, she go, he goes, absolutely not.
3: Yeah. Cha-ching. Well, I found Here's that fascinating. Chance. Today you actually Instagrammed out a picture of your mom and dad, and you said that your yeah. dad was so... Instrumental in oh. bringing, basically, he did the kid, he did the housework. And- he helped. They both yeah. did. They
1: did it equal. They did. They they just figured it out as a team, and but they've done all kinds of research and data now that marriages, straight marriages, uh-huh. do so much better when they divide the household chores, and yet still today the women do yeah. the majority. Not more than the majority,
2: of 75%. <laughs> I'm the house husband, is yes. that what you're saying? No, my wife works for the city, and she's uh, and I do more of the childcare because I have a flexible job. Right. But because there's no built-in gender roles, there's no assumptions about who's going to do what, We have we're starting from scratch. We build our own family dynamics, as opposed to what you're saying, which is even if you're an open-minded guy who wants to be supportive, you, culture is telling you no, 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 stay at work for money. But he's
1: also conditioned that way. He and doesn't even—he doesn't even realize he's yeah. not helping. Right. You know, it's right. so like I've seen it. Yeah. They go, oh, like if they do the dishes, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. you guys. Yeah, always, they always—they need a lot of love. Okay. So.
3: Um, <laughs> well, speaking of the guys, I know you don't want to get into this like a ton, but you know what's just happened recently in Alabama with now the threat to Roe v. Wade. I mean, you have gone through this generation now of like. 30, 40, 50 years of fighting for women's equality and now we're starting to go back into... Like, that always happens. The pendulum I
1: mean, goes back and forth all the time and that's, we're in that pendulum that's to the far right now. But that's There'll be a reaction to that and then it'll start going back. But they're trying to push things through as much as they can for abortion to get it to the Supreme Court. It's just like, I, I'm starting to laugh a lot actually and I keep saying, well maybe we should talk about vasectomies and men <laughs> and we should get involved in that discussion. Yeah, and I guarantee you they would go, no way you yeah. should be involved. That's about me. Well, guess what? Abortions are about us.
2: You mean 25 women lawmakers getting together and passing mandatory vasectomy laws? Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do That'd it.
1: That'd be great. Well, re- That's what men, have, I'm, yeah. more men step up about abortion than women. I'm like, excuse me? And, you know, that's why I'm so big on Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Because it's about a woman's reproductive health and getting information so they're educated as well. Uh, we should all support Planned Parenthood. for Let sure. me ask you this,
2: because you famously, obviously, have spoken about this. You were part of the Ms. Magazine. I mean, this—you yeah. are—you mm-hmm. are one of our original. You know, foremothers of showing women the right way to walk the walk. Yeah, a lot of us sign,
1: A lot of us signed, but I didn't sign. Larry actually. Larry signed, me, signed as we which know. Which is a On whole other behalf? discussion. Yeah, I wasn't happy. We
2: we'll, we will let him off. The I I need moment. to decide. <laughs> you did, it and he believes that it. I did
1: decide, but he thought for the greater good. He, he always uses greater good. I said that's not right. We're in a relationship. That's
2: right, but for us. Looking at this pendulum swing, do you think things are going backwards, or do you kind of take... they always go you... backwards
1: before they go forwards? So you think
2: it's a cyclical thing? Like well,
1: we can't. We we've got to be hyper vigilant always no. on every issue that we care about. But... Billy,
3: I just want to know: Do you send Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I love her. Any. Uh exercise regime. Was, she sent it to you. <laughs> no, she because, would send it to me. because I, mean, I how, saw
1: that documentary about it. Was amazing, right? Four times, and I've seen the movie twice, and I love
3: If there's, On least, the Basis of
1: Sex, the movie. Yeah. So and, many uh,
3: women look up to you, Billy. Like, so many women. Well, we look and up to should, her. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like she's so how, great. How, how, Which women do you look at and go, oh, that's an inspiration. Oh, I look
1: person. at so many women, and they don't have to be, like, famous. So you just watch women work each day and how they um, man to multitask and get, I don't know how Women do it really, <laughs> uh, but I—I I just we need more women. We—I think girls should be taught to follow the money better than we have been. We're usually taught to do non-for-profit work and be good, and and that's that's fine. But we need to follow the money. We need to have money equals power.
2: Yeah, in our and
1: Power start. equals mobility, opportunity. I mean, just look at my generation, or well, not probably not mine, but let's say Chris and Martina's generation, the yeah. first generation of pros. We're, I call us the transition generation from amateur. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that made it happen to pro. And they had life so much better than us, okay? Yeah. But then, of course, it's so much better. Now. Every generation yeah. gets better. Yeah. But you have to start. Just like uh, with the women's team sports, until they make it, women's sports hasn't made it. Soccer's got the, probably the best chance because it's the biggest sport. Um, and
2: basketball though, happens. basketball's
1: got a long way to go though because yeah. the WNBA is not doing well. But they've got these two, these other opportunities in Russia and Turkey and yeah. Europe, which is not helping. You don't
2: think so? No,
1: no, no because because the, it's de- dif- the, 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 diffusing the it diffuses now. it, but the girls are exhausted yeah. by the time they come it's home. Is there
3: any way they can make I, a I, decent living?
1: Exactly. I don't think I'm not blaming them. I, I don't think the uh, season should be in the summer. I think it should be when people think basketball yeah. during the men's. Uh, when they play, everyone's thinking basketball. The NCAA women play at the same time. So why are we having the, the pros play at an opposite time? Yeah. I understand why they did it. They had, It's arena availability. It's a lot of different things. Yeah. So.
2: But it goes back to the whole idea of giving women one shot or doing it one thing. Well, it didn't work. No, but it's the, like that's but you the, didn't promote it. You didn't put it at the right oh, time of the season. You didn't give it enough That's That's baloney. The men have failed so many that's times. That's what I'm saying. Like, you give no. women and one the, shot. Listen, and listen, ah, we, listen we're so
1: late in the marketplace. Baseball has been in the marketplace over 150 (laughs) years. Okay, the NHL started in 1942. The men basketball was either 47 or 48. The NBA. We are starting so late, and we don't even have baseball for girls, other than fun and high school. Some high school teams now, but should we? Like, here's we're part owners. Lana, my partner, and I, Lana Kloss she and I are part owners of the, you know, we're in the ownership group of the Dodgers.
2: Yeah.
1: And I've been, I've been sent a tape of a documentary on, on girls baseball. I'm looking at it and do we, and I'm, I'm going to talk to Jessica Mendoza, who I absolutely love. She's great. Mm-hmm. And great softball player, all American played pro softball. Now she's the first woman to do, MLB playoff games and everything. She's a real star. So, do we spend time on trying to develop women's baseball at grassroots or women's softball? We have a softball yeah. pro league, fast pitched mm-hmm. So, these are the questions you ask yourself yeah. to make it to allow things to be successful, but also give kids what they want. Right. I think there's over a hundred thousand girls playing hardball now. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, these are just. I know, but these are questions we have yeah, to address.
2: Cause and then you've got the women's a, pro
1: hockey players. you know. The, but until women's team sports make it, women's sports has not made it. Golf was the first in 1950. They had 13 uh, women who started the LPGA. Okay.
3: Did you see that documentary?
1: No, I haven't. What's the name of it? Um, oh, God. Well, you can tell me after. Yeah, but I, have. I do want to see it. But, but, really but the Women's Sports Foundation used to always honor the founders yeah.
3: that's when they what were I was alive.
1: Yeah, well oh we always honored the founders when they were alive. Always. Yeah. Uh but tennis when we started in the early seventies, we went ahead of golf like I think it took a year and a year and a half. Why do you think The tears. I think it was More a players. lot of things. I was think I think it was personalities, I think it was mm-hmm. money, I think it was Gladys Hellman who who had a magazine. Yes, my so you know. of the magazine world. Right. World Tennis Magazine, it was called. is was by far the biggest magazine yeah. at the time, and she sold it to CBS.
3: How similar was uh,
2: Sarah Silverman in the movie?
1: She did a great job. A little over the top, but that was good. I mean, it was funny.
2: Gladys seemed like a pretty big character.
1: Uh, she was very eccentric, Yeah, extremely.
2: We published Julie's memoir, and she... you
1: know. I want to read her book, because I, I heard a... Oh, I did hear a podcast of hers. I don't know if it was on yours or not, but she, she was... brilliant, yeah. She was... She, she she's, well. she's, she's our smart one. Yeah. But her mother was really... Gladys was brilliant. Yeah. You know, she had all these rare books and get her little white gloves out and taught yeah. herself Japanese, taught herself... History, <laughs> but
2: whatever. promoted the hell out of the sport at a time that it needed some amplification to amplify yeah. what you guys but, were doing.
1: But you have to be driven. You have to... I remember driving around in San Francisco with Frank DeFord, who was a great sports writer. Oh, yeah. One of the best. And he was doing a cover story for SI with me. I didn't make... it Because A.J. Foyt, they put him instead. So we spent days... Okay. So we spent days together. Okay, so I'm driving in my MGC in the hills of San Francisco. Oh,
3: don't you wish you still had that?
1: Oh, yeah, baby. I got a great photo. It's great. It just had a big engine. It wasn't an MG.
3: It was MGC. You have a photo? We're putting that on the cover. Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, Rosie and I have it, I think, someplace. And the guy took us out and took a photo. But So anyway, Frank says, God, you know, I think women's sports is really making it now. And he said... That I gave him the worst look he has ever received from anybody. Like, like, a, like, like are you serious? kidding? It's like, <laughs> I just looked at him, and of course, I couldn't look too long. I'm driving, so anyway, so he looks he at me and he says, light. "What?" He looked. He knew he wasn't right, but I go, I went, team. Mm-hmm. He went, oh, team sports, right? Mm-hmm. When we make it in team sports, plus golf, tennis, and individual sports, That's, then we've made it. Yeah. So he went, oh, got it. And he's a brilliant sports writer. He's always on the side of women. Yeah, He was great. He, was, he, he covered us earlier than when we... He and Bud Collins yeah. and Barry Lorge were the three guys that absolutely loved women's tennis and just stood by us through thick and thin well, as writers.
2: As we studied these guys in journalism school... They treated women like human beings, which was not again. Yeah, no. Certainly.
1: We used to drive with them. They take us to tournaments. That's when we're small, though. It's so different now.
2: Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question about that because you know, from our perspective, we make this magazine. Part of the magazine is an attempt to have a conversation about modern tennis culture. We want mm-hmm. to bring in more people. And yeah, we do. But the, that's the
1: players have to step up and do a lot of work, and they don't.
2: They, I think there's. They need media training.
1: Them. They don't know how to sell. Yeah. You've got to know how to sell your sport. And you know how you sell your sport by
3: promoting others. Yeah, yeah, but Billy, you. it's impossible because these these players are now making. You no, know, I think a, should... a good player, or like a top ten player, is making upwards of three to five million dollars yes, a year. But how many people they don't make care a... about anybody else?
1: Well, they have to. They have to go through rookie school. I think I've been talking to WTA well, about they doing do. a rookie I mean, Most what?
2: players, when they come on, they do no, go through no, some kind no, no. of.
1: rookie a real rookie. You no, training. don't get We're to in... play the tour until you do rookie school. Hey, properly. Time out.
2: pros. Rookie school. Explain what's rookie school.
1: We'd have them come in. They have to get their card to be on the tour, mm-hmm. and they would learn the history, and they learn media training, yes. they learn how to be a pro, we, they need to understand money, mm-hmm. and they need to understand that agents can take them to the cleaners as easily as anybody, or an accountant, mm-hmm. they need to pay attention, mm-hmm. they need to have their own mind, and not just listen to their agent, which they do too much, the agents rule the game, yeah. they need to have their own brains involved, and in this. this is about them, yeah. it's about the association, it's a, which is a union, yeah, You've got to make us as powerful as possible. Yeah. And all they talk about is winning majors now. That's a big mistake. Yeah. They should be talking about winning tour events and how exciting the tour is and the majors. But majors are well... We did not care about the majors at all.
2: You care week in, week out.
1: We did not care about the majors is the reason we have women, We have professional tennis now. Do you want to go back to four majors a year? No. Great, have them. Go for it. Just have four tournaments a year. Yeah. And they go, whoa, we don't want that. Well, I said, yeah, yeah that's what you do. Then you talk about... The the tour is like a warm-up. You cannot do that. Wherever you are is the most important tournament match you're playing. So you always talk about um, locally how great everybody is. Is, If it's the worst court you've played on, the lighting's the worst, you don't say it. (laughs) Be quiet. Because someone has taken a risk. It's a high risk to do tournaments for you. And it takes all year long to do a one-week tournament. So every time you bop in for your week... here and there
3: yeah. someone and they're bopping in getting paid right and they get the and and then i asked thoughts.
1: the players i said did you get paid and they go well of course i got paid did you have you ever asked the promoter if he or she made any money that week because they took a huge risk for you and they go what do you mean i go well maybe they lost money mm-hmm. you got paid but did they yeah
2: they don't
1: know they're in business this isn't supposed to be fun and games for them
2: yeah so I mean, how do you, how Larry that- and I own
1: tournaments. See, this is I don't think the players learn the, their business. Yeah. You're a tennis player. Learn the business. Yeah. Because after tennis, you'll have opportunities yeah. because of that. But because we own tournaments, teams and team tennis, mm-hmm. league, yeah. I understand the business a little bit. Not yeah. great. But I understand it enough that everybody has to get something out of it. And I don't think the players think like that. Let me
3: ask you a question because –
1: at least not the players off. I, well, I don't get to talk to them that much in all fairness. You guys that, do. What well, do you think?
3: No, I just, I told you. I what, think there's so they, much money that they're making now, particularly the no, top players. No, just the
1: top players. They
3: don't, but they do I know, but if
1: you go deep, deep, a lot of kids aren't making it, <clears throat> but,
3: but, right? Uh, I mean, i mean, how I'd many say outside of the top 70 how many, still, inside how many the top eighty and you're still making a decent living? You're making over hundred thousand dollars in first round prize money. Well my you know? my understanding is it
1: takes two hundred thousand a year now.
3: Yeah. To it do, do it right. It, it does, Was but they're a, making what's no, the first round prize money?
2: Grand no, no, slams, fifty thousand. Forty 000? or
1: fifty, but it doesn't matter. I'm talking about how deep do you think we should go to for players to make two hundred or more?
2: Hmm. Top two fifty? I don't know. No, no, no way. I would love a huge tour, why not? Basketball, you you were the Hundredth best player in the league, and you still make millions. If you're in inside
3: hours. the top hundred, you're making. A, if you're inside the top one hundred, we we could look it up, but you're making a, a couple hundred a year at least.
1: Well, now you know the players want more than hundred players taken care of because you've got 128 in the, in the major draws. Yeah, so,
3: yeah. I mean, listen. I just think that they it's don't, very difficult. They it's don't not understand easy. No, it's not that, easy. the lower ranked players feel like they don't have a big enough voice because they're not in in quote unquote. Not important enough to the sponsors or to the tournaments, and the top players are making so much money. They don't. Talk they
1: don't about
2: really it. care. They don't need. to talk They about don't it. care. So we all no see collaborative... The,
1: the, we, we, top players, because we are the first generation. Like Julie was talking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: really, we cared for the others, and that's why we made it as well. These kids today already have it. Like you're right, the top don't ones. Care. Is that there. a third, fourth fifth generation don't, I, thing? Oh, for sure. It's tied
2: to what we were talking about. Oh, earlier, absolutely. 100%. Take it for granted. But
1: they need. That's why you need a rookie school to have them sit there. Yeah. Not. Concentrate yeah. and know go the through this. The, the, the more you know about business. history, the yeah. more you know about yourself.
2: And how, like, and then I, I you the, the because
1: I asked the kid, I asked the players, I go, "How do you want the game to look five years from now? This is your sport. How do you want it to look five years? Do they ten have years?
2: answers? D- they get this look like you know they've never thought of it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question because to me, because they have the power, they can help change it. Well, like you were talking about Julie Foudy, the players have the power. Let me ask you a question because
1: well actually we don't have a lot of power because we don't we have more power than the soccer girls or
2: we want to bring people back to this time in kind of the 70s 80s every week mattered agents were not taking over the game it wasn't a collaboration between three agents and huge tournaments making majors at the expense of everything else tennis was a culture and culture was tennis and it was a little bit more of a Lifestyle sport in the way that it was approachable and it wasn't just about excellence and dominance, which is what I think is another way of looking at.
1: I disagree with you because you, tell yeah, me, I, tell I, me I why. I disagree. I'm wrong and tell me, Larry and I what the in 1962 were sitting at the library at Cal State LA, and I said, "I want tennis to be a big sport, huge." Yes. He says, "It'll never be a huge sport." Why? Well, first of all, I was a biochemistry major, so he had some brains. He's a geek. I love geeks, and um, I said, "What?" And he goes, "I'll tell you why." He said, well, how many people are gone after the first round? I went, uh-oh. I already figured it out when he said that. 50% are gone after the first round. 75 are gone after the second round. He says, nobody will ever know except the top three players. And the top three men, top three women will own the game. And they still do. Yeah. Okay? That's why. That's why we wanted team. Because yeah. with team, you can grow the sport. Yeah. Kids want to be on teams. They don't want to be by themselves usually. Some, A few kids do. But you've got singles for them. Yeah. You know, even with team tennis format, we have everything. We've got every set of everything. I mean, I'm watching the collegiate thing on, on tennis channel last night. I'm like, I can't watch this. Yeah. They've got eight courts going. Yeah. Who do you watch? Right. Tennis could be the third largest sport in the NCAA. Yeah. If we had team. It doesn't have to be team tennis format particularly. Yeah. No, but, but team. Yeah. No. The whole team on one court, like the basketball court. Yeah. We could be the third largest sport in collegiate sports. And nobody wants to make changes. They go, oh, we have three doubles now. It makes it shorter. Mm-hmm. Now they've they've actually made du- doubles not worth to as much. Know
3: that you got really close to the mic. Billie Jean so King's night. voice is no, extra loud I, I, because, there because I see it because
1: I love collegiate tennis. T- I watch it. Um, I endowed the Ann Levedeff Award, which is a leadership award, you know, because we have our leadership anyway. Yeah. I love Ann Levedeff, Dr. Ann Levedeff. She's a great educator, great coach at Pomona. She deserved this this award, so I got it in her name.
2: Yeah, and but that the, goes po- to the leader of the... the it's a leadership the, award leader, with the leader ITA, leader of, the
1: yeah. Intercollegiate Tennis Association. Yeah. Anyway, I love collegiate tennis. I played a little college yeah. before we had Title Nine. So anyway... I, I can see this potential yeah. so clearly, and it's vision equals reality. I have the vision so obvious in my mind, and we've had it forever. And nobody nobody thinks we're, everyone thinks we're a pain in the ass, so, you know, it's okay. It's I, not going to happen. Pains the hands is gets you done.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: It, they're yeah. not going to do it, and they need to do it because they could be the third large sport instead of this minor sport. Well,
2: let's talk about that. So I played college tennis. Oh I my God! Played... Can you
1: imagine if you played team tennis on one court each day? I would, yeah,
2: I would have loved it. Yeah, men and women. Loved it so How much. How about
1: media-wise, what we could do with that? Amazing. We'd be the so first sport to have men and women on the, equally on the made. same team. It would
2: be amazing. Nobody sees it. They don't want to change. My first year in NCAA, I was a double specialist, as most lesbians. Then you would have loved. You would Serve a volley. Serve a volley. No, you guys. Are uh, you better? Uh, will you play right or left I court? I play outside. I like an inside out for him and a backhand volley. So, but my first year, nine courts, best of nine. Doubles each court. I know. one. Then, which is too many, but I agree with you. But in an effort to condense it and de-emphasize doubles, which is heartbreaking to me. I know. Three, and then if the, I know. Oh, and they say how crucial it is. I said
1: you guys are full of it. No,
2: it's terrible. I hate it. People, these ideas about how to change things, these ideas about how to focus, going back, and I want to talk about World Team Tennis a little bit, the best match I think I might have seen last year was Taylor Townsend. She's great. Who is great. Who is we love perfectly her. weaponized for World Team Tennis. She's that perfect. is a perfect format for her. Yeah, because she plays, um, singles, doubles, mix. plays singles, doubles, and mixed. Plays singles, doubles, and mixed. Lefty, serve and volleyer. B- shows are, you, dangerous are you lefty? And no, shows her personality. Shows her personality, gets fired up. And That's what we have to Chicago. have. We have to
3: have personalities. And yeah. she's not top ten. Nick no. Kyrgios would love playing Team Tennis all year round. Well, that's he, why he, he would loves be great.
2: Davis Cup. He would. He that's would. Why he he, he, yeah, he talks he about. it. He doesn't like being out there on his own. I mean, he it's his obvious he yesterday. needs.
3: He's
1: social. He needs people. Yeah. I think
2: that's why he likes Labor Cup so much. So let's talk about World Team Tennis a little bit. Where are we now? World you guys Team Tennis. In,
1: we've sold the league. We have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah. We, we we still own the freedoms. Yeah, which I adore, but I don't know where it's going to go. I I don't personally. I would do a. I don't know if I would continue to do World Team Tennis the way we do it but um, I don't have any say, but we do have billionaires involved now, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, you know, Fred Luddy and,
3: uh, Billionaires help with a lot of things. Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. Everybody needs Cause a Because they
1: can lose money for a while and then they get to a tipping point and then they make money, hopefully. Yeah. I don't think with the tennis calendar, uh, the way it's set up now, unfortunately, Yeah. Um, I, I personally probably would have gone to a, if I were still, if we still owned it, we'd probably, With billions?
3: We, if
1: we had billions. Hmm. I, we, we probably would have a. I, what I've wanted since 1966 is a World Cup. Yeah. With co ed. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, maybe, maybe the ITF will eventually do it because they, they basically have Fed Cup and, and the Davis Cup. But I still think. And then they had Hopman Cup, but that I don't like the format, it's too long. You yeah. mean do you like
3: did you like it? Did uh, you think it was great? I, I, I like I I like the concept because it's, well, it's men co- and women. Yeah. I you know, love But I we, love we started friends, that in 74. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. But yeah, it's too long. You got two matches and it's then, too you, then It's too long. They're
1: trying to do tournament tennis. They're always tur- tennis people cannot handle too much change. Yeah. And nobody can really. But now we've come we've come a long way. Now we should be able to do this. Yeah. We've
3: come a long way, baby. But yeah. wait. I want to get We need a world cup though. I think you're
1: right. That would I be fun. But just think about the collegiate, what would it do for US tennis? Yeah. If we were the number three sport in the country. Oh my God, be we anything. would be with team tennis or that type of thing. Yeah. Because you play everything on one court. Yeah, I agree. It's like watching a basketball it's like game. A, derby, yeah. a baseball game. Yeah.
2: Everyone
1: a singles tennis match. It's like it's Everyone knows where to focus. But you've got yeah. I hate and I hate um, I discounting hate. doubles. I hate I, discounting. I, I, In fact, I think we should, I should try we, to uplift doubles because it's a team. At least it's two people. It's more than one.
2: Agreed. And, and it's kid, what most people play recreational. And kids
1: like yeah. friends. They want to play yeah.
2: with their friends. I actually think we on the pro tour should make... We, not me, on the door, should make doubles mandatory. You can't play singles. I love like it. Doubles. I think you should do well, it. I you, know you know what? I'm absolutely have to. Make I'm it. actually
3: enjoying the fact that over the last like couple of months and this year in particular, we've seen a lot of um, top women and men players actually playing a lot of doubles. Yeah, Surpass is playing a lot of doubles. Team is playing a lot of doubles. The yep. younger. Generation of the men are playing a lot of doubles on tour, which is great. And yeah. every week, and some of them are getting to finals.
2: Well, they every should week.
1: because it helps her volley. The it helps women The playing. thread the needle when on returns. It helps all kinds
3: of things. Everything
2: uh, as communication and collaboration. Is every especially week. when you're young, Sabalenka, when you're playing every week and you're young and you're trying to find your footing to have camaraderie ship and a chance to have fun. The the, te- the crowds eat it up. The biggest match I went to last year was at Indian Wells. Sabalenka, Victoria Azarenka playing North America sweethearts. Jeannie Bouchard and. Uh, Sloan Stevens and you had to, they were turning people away, right? So yeah. people will come for it. It's just another thing where it's like, are you? Well, going to get the top to players. Or you to play? get that's the problem. The problem. See the is... trouble with tennis,
1: it's always got to be the top two or three. But, but the, do you? But, but
3: it, the but top it top makes them. It makes them realize that doubles is a different game in, in a lot of respects, and of it, it will get them to go and watch. And then you'll you'll get a top singles couple of singles players playing against a, a really well established doubles only team. And they they recognise how good the doubles only team is. For example, Completely. they play yeah. doubles only. So like, I uh, mean, it just Bruno Suarez and that giant beast of a man. Who, well, just Jamie Murray is yeah. uh, he plays
1: with Sir but, Jamie. Sir, yeah. No. no, is he Sir? Yet? No, no, he got is, knighted.
3: Andy. No, that's Andy. Sir Andy. Andy's been Sir, sir Andy. and now knighted. Yes, you know, I I watch a lot of Game of Thrones and I was a little worried when he put the sword on the shoulder. I was like, I'd let him to take your head off. I was a little worried, I gotta say. I was like, oh god, you know. I'm Careful not watching too Careful. many Game of Thrones. But
1: I love Andy Murray. Billy, he's such a great feminist. He's so what a great awesome. feminist. Well, a, you know, he's for everybody. That's why yeah, I love him. That's yeah. what a great feminist is. You're for everyone.
2: You're a humanist, yeah. Yeah. A bunch of structural stuff. Because to me, this is how you make change, right? So you get the idea. Nobody
1: nobody nobody agrees with, with Lana and me on anything. I think world I think team we tennis, we've added two new teams. Yeah. Um and they're going to keep maybe keep adding. Which They were, got CBS they? and they got CBS Sports Channel. They got yeah. both. Yeah. They're going to have a couple matches, I think at least one or more on CBS. Yeah. And I think that's huge and then they got something in China. So they're doing some great stuff in in, in uh, if they want to keep adding teams helps markets because every time you have a team or a tournament yeah. or anything in a market it helps the community tennis yeah. and community tennis
2: is where we're gonna get the new kids so part of racket what I want to do is is get team tennis partly downtown refurbish some of the courts get it real youth not to not to take it away from the great Billie Jean King National Tennis Center a place I play please. But just just more, bigger. Some you of those need schools, oh, you need, you need free really well. you need
1: access, free access. Free access in every park possible. That's yeah. how I learned. That's how my brother became a major Same league baseball public, player. Public court public. Listen, I
3: paid my hundred and whatever twenty was It was a twenty dollars to have my membership yeah, exactly. to the public parks here in New York, Billy. Billy, we we I don't like the camp. fact
1: you, I don't like the fact you had to pay
3: for no, it. No, I know, I don't either. I think we pay a lot of particularly taxes. Particularly when the courts
2: are crap.
1: We pay a lot of just taxes by the way. Renee, we played a hit ton yesterday. Of, we did. We hit um, yesterday. Public
2: tennis court, trying to avoid by the trees. Where tree? was it? Uh, down near where I live. It doesn't village. matter
1: if there's a tree or something. You East just village. get out and hit. Yeah,
3: exactly. Well, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. You had to Complain, go around a tree. I'm. Well, no,
1: there was a, a lot, lot of leaves. Tree and there was a couple of cracks. There's some anyway.
2: acorns, cracks. It's good for you. Remind me where
1: you come from, right? That's yeah, what I did. True. When we go on a cruise, we get off, and you know I don't now, but used to go play, and you could always find a court. You can't believe how bad they were. We were so excited; we didn't care. Yeah. We we seen the tennis court. Totally, didn't matter where it was well, in the world.
2: Your partner Alana Kloss, South African. Yes, yeah, South African. One of the uh, another she great. Was, she player. was number one in doubles. She was number in the one doubles. Yeah. Uh-huh. world. so no, no, a lefty. No, no small Servant volleyer.
1: Oh yeah.
3: Oh hey, right. hello. I'm oh, just making that's sure. That's like the given. That's the given. Right, I want to talk a little bit about. The fact that you have mentioned the freedoms that you're still, uh, you the freedoms. Are still, um, Iran still on. Because I love, working.
1: I love. The when word... was the last
3: time you won that? Anyway, anyway, sorry.
1: That I was with freedom. you and uh, <laughs> you and Lisa, right? What year was that? Oh six. Was-
3: I
2: don't know, well, you should remember. I don't remember, team. I'm terrible, I
1: usually remember. No. the,
2: the last time the Philadelphia, freedoms won. We should say for the uninitiated that Renee Stubbs is a veteran of world team. Oh, oh she and was. For the she Cowboys. was the best. Did I you play for it. any other teams? Oh my God, St. Them?
1: Louis, Castles, everything. This I, girl, Miss You New
2: Jersey
3: Stars. Yeah,
1: we won, didn't we? No, we lost the final. I played
3: with Larry Sefanke, Leif Shires, and Ann Grossman. We were terrible. Really? Yeah, well, they were too old. We were too young. But uh, yeah, and then St. Louis what Aces, I yeah, for you guys Kansas want... City Royals. Yeah, I, no, I wish I played for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> as long as I was on there, pay, pay. Yeah. But the the freedoms, because a, a lot of people know this and a lot of people don't, that Elton wrote the song.
1: Yeah, he did write it for Philadelphia
3: me. Freedoms. Yeah, and he
1: got the idea from the tennis because he used to come and sit on the bench in seventy four. Uh, seventy four was the first year. Yeah. First year was the inaugural year. I actually was even drafted first, which was really, that's, wow. I get so excited. First draft, right? Prior
3: to prior to him sitting on the bench, so, why, how did you guys meet and how did that We, come we met about?
1: Two, two weeks before the King Riggs match uh, at Jerry Parencio, who was the promoter of the King Riggs match and also promoter of Lee Frazier in 71. The guy's a great guy and he's a TV guy, so he's got mucho money and brilliant. He sold Univision for billions. That's Jerry Parencio. Never wanted his photo on anything. That's why you don't know about him, but he's, he's amazing.
2: And for reference, the Riggs-King match is obviously the Battle of the Sexes. You know, <coughs> 1973. Tennis matches of all time.
1: Yes, that's when tennis exploded. Yep. The week after uh, the King-Riggs match, you yes. couldn't get on a court. That's what changed everything. Okay.
2: And you told
3: me that you were going out after seeing the movie, you said that you were shitting yourself going on the movie.
1: God, it was really rough, man. A lot of pressure. So anyway, 74 with, with Elton, um, we met. Anyway, we met at that party two weeks before the King Riggs match. And then um, the, whole, the whole night, he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And then his manager comes over and says, this is ridiculous. Elton wants to see you, and he, but he's too shy. And I go, Ditto. And mm-hmm. so I looked up at him, and I go, ditto, I'm too shy, too. But he'd been looking at me all night, and I've been looking at him. So he took me over there. He says, Elton, this is Billy. Billy, this is Elton. Start talking. So we started yakking, and we got along great right from the moment we started talking. And then he left me a message at the Gloucester six months later when I arrived in England to call him.
3: This was prior to cell phones. Just and I started. call him,
1: and he goes, he comes over. He goes, uh, what are you doing tonight? And I go, I just got in. He goes, well, can I, can I come over now? So I came over in his Rolls Royce and his 43 speakers and we stayed up until (laughs) 5.30 in the morning, listening to music and talking and then fast forward to the summer of 74, he started coming to the matches and I got Ted Tendling to to make a uniform for him. He looks adorable in it. And then he'd sit on the bench and start screaming at me and screaming at the players. Let's go. Gotta win. Let's go. Like that. And then we're going to a concert during the summer as well and we're in the back of the Car and he looks at me. He says, I want to write a song for you. And I went, I don't think I heard him right. There's no <laughs> way. So I said, whoa, whoa. He says, what are we going to call it? I go, Elton, slow down. Are you? To, what did you just say? I am going to write a song for you. What are we going to call it? I said, I don't know. He says, how about Philadelphia Freedom? I said, that'd be a great gift to the people of Philadelphia forever. Mm-hmm. And it still is. They love it. And uh, became number one. It crossed over into R&B and became number one uh, you know he, he. Uh, We're
2: looking at a framed picture of Elton that's, on stage in his the greatest frog. That's uh, nineteen. How does that well? even exist on that's you? 19, 1975,
1: um, I spent two days on stage. Some of the time with Elton John at Dodger Stadium, and there's a book out by Terry O'Neill who took all the photos behind the scenes, and that's one of them you're looking at. Uh-huh. I'm on the stage with him. Uh, With amazing hair. hair and
2: amazing, he, head hair my hair
1: look. was permed, and the reason <laughs> I permed it uh, to look like an afro. Sure, is it black? is beautiful. Uh-huh. Was in then cool, and, well, it's, and it's I so wanted people area. to think nice. to think about it, but nobody ever said a word in the press conference. I always they're all white people, so I used to not say a word. Uh-huh. They never once asked me about it.
2: Really? Unbelievable. But that's why. That is
3: so cool. It just
1: shows you how
3: And and who would have thought Your Pam is... Shriver 30 years later just looked just
1: like that. Yeah, totally, without trying. She didn't, didn't have to try. She got to there. the finals when she was 16, I think. And it looked just like that. In 1976, I think, yeah. was it? Yeah. In the at the Open yeah. with Chris. The funniest is the oversized racket, the uh-huh. head racket. The prince old. Prince, old, the I mean. Great great Howard, but Howard had I think. I don't uh, have a picture of it, actually, The hilarity
3: of this is that Elton had no hair on stage there and now has more hair. Oh, uh, it's a wig. Well, I, we know, but I think. It was I know, it's so cute. But um, okay, so aside from the I'm relationship, i are going to find
2: you a picture of Pam. With
3: that, Pam. It, we'll, no, we'll, I remember. We'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. Believe we, me. Believe me, Billy. She, she did her two years. She did two years
1: of high school and one year. at, Is it McDougal or muck something? Muck something. Billy
3: Our first ever Racket Magazine podcast was with Chrissy. <laughs> okay and she's she great. told this funny she's story great. about you oh my god <laughs> how so, first of all how much she loves you you know how much she loves you. she's well but i feel the same about her she told a story about how she basically you're basically getting schooled on clay and you wanted schooled to you wanted to forward. win the french i didn't her. i
1: didn't i didn't win a, a you wanted a to win the french
3: her. okay and you lost a to Chrissy, I believe, when she was probably
1: like 12. I think it was all-in-one or all yeah. in one. Yeah, And so you right. decided
3: back then to get better, and this is what I love about your generation, that you went down to Florida to practice with Chrissy, and she wasn't even going to the French. No, that's
1: the only reason I It because she didn't go.
3: And
2: she said... <laughs> no, and she, also she said, You trained with her?
1: Yeah, but I got so consistent with her, and yeah. uh, she looked at me and she said, man, you've gotten so much steadier, and I go, only because of you.
3: Well, she said that actually... How many? How many French Opens did she win?
1: I don't know. A few. Seven? Seven. Seven. The Seven. most. Right. She's going to be so
3: She's got us for not knowing
2: that. She's got the winningest record of all time. She, she does. She does. And Fun. she got six,
1: it's either six open, seven French, or seven open, six French. I think it's, I think six, it's Seven, six seven open, French open. Seven French. I, she definitely has got the record.
3: Okay, but she claims that really technically she has one more. Because, of course, she helped me in 72. Yeah, she says Absolutely. She's going to take <laughs> I would, credit for that. I,
1: I think she should. <laughs> I think she should. My goal, because everybody used to give me a bad time, I didn't care about majors, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, my job was to get professional tennis. That's all I cared about. And I wanted the tour to be strong because we take tennis to the people, mm-hmm. literally. We had all the top talent going, which made it work. So, like we were playing the Virginia, we are playing the Virginia Slims in San Francisco during the Australian. There's so many years we didn't go. Wow. And Chris and Martina, by the way, had 18 singles playing, not playing the Australian many years, yeah. playing team tennis during the French. You look at the French in the 70s, they're all B players that won the French, okay? Because they weren't there. Chris, Martina, all of us were playing team tennis. Yeah. So they would have over twenty four easily, and the two of them kept battling with each other, which actually hurt them too. Yeah. Well, because, I did said that
3: to Chrissy. I said, imagine if you didn't have Martina. Uh, she actually said that. Martina if she didn't, ma- made, if she, but she said that Martina might have made, made her, her better. But yeah. they
1: both would have had thirty. Three or something. Yeah. They both. They, we were so lucky to have Chris and Martina as our first, our second generation of players.
3: Yeah. Our superstars.
1: Oh my God. They yeah. made. I cannot. tell. When Chris showed up, um, we had lines around because Larry and I owned the San Francisco tournament, the Virginia of San Francisco. Yeah. With four other people because we didn't have any money. We had the ideas. So, anyway, when she came the first year, which was I think it was '74 or '5, she she the crowds were around the block at the Civic Center like you would not believe. Like oh, I mean, we, yeah. I I showed up for practice. I went, oh, my God.
3: Did you think at that moment, oh, shit, I think we've done this. Yeah, we yeah. yeah,
1: yes. She was, but I already knew she was our superstar. I told the women during the Open in 71, be nice to her because she's great. <laughs> I said, be nice to her because I like her anyway. Forget yeah. that. But on top of that, She's gonna put money in your pockets and yeah. stop yeah. being mean to her. Well, let me hear. You. Let me. Oh, I I just no. I I called a meeting, with all the top players, the you top said, eight. You have to be good to her because first of all, I mean, she's a, tough. Because she's a good person, and she's really nice. Yeah. So you need, and we're older, and our job is to be hospitable to every single new person on this tour. Yeah. Period. We are the leaders, so let's put all our little pettiness aside yeah. and be good to each other. Well, let me. Just so they were better, I think. Chris, Chris will be the the gauge. She'll she's the one that would gauge that.
2: Well, you're not emphasizing majors, which I think is really really important. Well, I now think what the conversation is that's about. all it ever is yeah. now, and it doesn't need to. It's be. It's all about I got to
1: win this next major. Well, Every think, player on yeah. Tennis Channel, yeah. I'm
2: thinking they don't they need media training. Yeah, that's not the definition of greatness. I mean, what well, I say it? that all the time. It's Martina, like, Martina one won the most matches of all time, mixed singles, doubles, everything. What? What? Martina, her like singles. Oh, she's her, amazing. T- not, just titles, number of titles. Yeah, but. We only have a couple of minutes left, so I just want to say personally, you know, I went to college because of you. Well, How Not because that? of
1: me. You did it because of Congresswoman Edith Green, Patsy Mink, and Senator Birch Bayh. Yeah. Actually, Senator Birch Bayh is the one who actually wrote out. I did help though. I tried. I you tried. Did. I did try to support it.
2: Yeah. So. But thank
1: they you. are the ones who, who developed it, thought it up. The re, the way Title IX came about is Edith Green, who was a Congresswoman from Oregon, was listening to a bunch of senators. I think. And they were worried about an after-schools program for boys. Mm. And she went up to him and said, what about the girls? Yeah. They said, oh, girls don't have to worry. They're going to get married. and Someone's going to take care of them. What do you mean? (laughs) So she's like, okay. So she was walking down the hall. Yeah. And she was thinking about, that's not right. It should be equal for everybody.
2: Yeah.
1: And she's called Mrs. Education anyway. I don't know if you know that. I didn't. Right. And so that's why the more you know about history, the more you know about yourself and why you have these opportunities and all that. So... um, Donna De Verona really tried to help Title IX, um, there's a few of us athletes who really tried to, get, yeah. basically Donna and myself, I can't think of, I'm trying to think of somebody else, I'm sure there is, but, um,
2: well, the next time we sit steer, down and talk, what's her name? Lindsay Vaughn, uh, another, no, old. Old. old, I don't know, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of it, listen, the next time we sit down and talk, I'm going to pick your brain about Title IX, we have a nine part, Documentary in the works talking about the foundation of it. Obviously, well, the you're main
1: thing—the main thing—is thing that people should realize it's only 37 words. Go read it. Yeah. But the the essence of Title IX is, before 1972, there were classroom quotas. Like, if you wanted to be a doctor at Harvard and go to medical school, they only allowed five percent quota. That's why there weren't any doctors and lawyers during the six. I I could I. Why aren't there more doctors and lawyers? I couldn't figure that out. Women. Yeah. And I'm like. Why aren't there? Well, that's the reason. They, there are all these classroom quotas. In Title IX, a lot of people think it was about sports. It was about education. Yeah. Hmm. So, for the first time, any private or public high school, college, or university that received federal funds for the first time had to spend it equally on boys and girls.
3: Yeah. Yay for that.
1: And no more quotas anymore. Hmm okay so you if you look at history you'll see where a lot of schools went co-ed around this time late 60s through like the mid 70s to 80 the reason is they wanted the money it's money always talks that's why I wanted us to have money on the tour because every person works and they can make judgments about um, they understand money people understand money that's a common denominator that's why I liked it yeah it's 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 simple it's simple and straightforward And so if we make a lot of money, that's why I wanted to try to win $100,000 in 71. Mm -hmm. It was about if we make the money, people are going to set up a notice, and they did. And they went, wow. I made, um, Helen, my friend who does a lot of research, was telling me that I think I made as much as, I think I was like the third or fourth highest paid baseball player that year, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. Wow. Johnny Bench. I think I made more than Johnny Bench. So I made Johnny Bench. Yeah, but the point is, I was yeah. making more... I mean, I remember Reggie Jackson about fell over in his chair when we were in Oakland doing a press conference for the tournament. He could not believe the money we were making. He yeah. just went, yeah, I don't make that much. I'm going to go back and renegotiate, man. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. So it's it was but very it was... interesting. No, but that's what it. matters. Yeah. No, but the media, the press, yeah. everybody mm. picked up on it, and I knew they would. Yeah. But I had to win this one tournament in August. Because most most of the tournaments... we. If you won, you made $1,800 for singles, mm-hmm. and $250 because you split 500 for doubles. Okay? <laughs> so I started to figure out, I'm going to have to play so many tournaments. And you've got to win. You can't just, you know, you've got to win, too. You have to win. So anyway, Gladys got this $40,000 tournament organized at the Hoffmeinth Pavilion in Houston in the, like around August, and $10,000 to the winner. Oh. I went, okay, I have to win that tournament if I'm yeah. going to get up to 100 because I could tell it was going to be tight at the yeah. end. No matter how well I did, and I thought, oh, God, I got to get to 100. I got to get to 100. How am I going to do this? And you
2: won it, Billie Jean. We have I did to, win that. Tr- I won. I won the, the
1: Houston. I won the Houston tournament, so I got my 10. That was huge turning points and psychologically it was a huge. And then I had then. Um, I, won, I think 200. I won Phoenix tournament at the end uh, to get up to 100 and. They counted the car that I was given to at the open. I made over 100 actual dollars, but I think this Ford,
3: I don't know. They, they put you over the top. The car put you over no, the, the top. No, the
1: car did not put me over the top. I was over the top without the car. Mm. But the car added some more. And I think they said I made 117000
3: Wait, did before it, we sign off. We have
2: to go. Yes.
1: What?
3: Do you remember the story with Mary Carrillo throwing the eggs. eggs from the top of your building at Wimbledon? And they filmed it. On HBO, but it didn't air because the club were not happy about it. Do you remember this?
1: She wasn't my roommate that year. I don't think she, was she. she
3: and you, was I not there that you were doing these up in the building. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, but We've... it's archival. It's somewhere in HBO archives. Oh, HBO's we have to get archives. it out. We I bet they the threw it out, does.
1: maybe because a lot of those. TV Do you remember
3: that story? Do you remember that day? Do you know what year it was? Kind of like God, what? I don't know probably in the no, early 90s. No, I don't know if I was, was I physically there? Yes, was you I? Getting it, the, you were pretending to yeah. throw eggs from your apartment I was pretending, down. but I didn't,
1: but she did, right? Yes. That's, they... that's so me. I wouldn't do that probably. Um, <laughs> uh, You're a good
2: girl. No, I'm,
1: yeah, I try to be. So anyway, yeah. Mary is hilarious and so talented and just such a wonderful friend. And we're roomies sometimes during, just like we were with you, Renee, during Wimbledon, um, And that's the only time we get caught up. Mm -hmm. That's the reason I like it. Because otherwise she's always... And she's always working anyway. She leaves in the morning. We see her for five minutes at night. And then the old days she'd sit up. Now she comes home and she's exhausted.
3: That's the great thing about tennis. And I have to say this on the record. Is that tennis, it's a traveling circus. And I mean... I mean, we're family. I have known you now for close to 30, it's Is it? yes, 30 when you years, sent your, it's the first time were I you? ever saw you. You walked me across the street here and you had me hit tennis balls with Martina Navratilova. And, and I can, kid you not, I couldn't be more nervous in my life. I've got Billy standing behind me Central, yelling at me get it more in front. Yeah, I don't know, somewhere here and hitting with Martina. The indoors or out? It was out somewhere. There was Central Park. It was unbelievable and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing about tennis is that it brings people together for... I wanted, I wanted you to have
1: that experience to hit with I the did. best in the world, ever. Course, thank you. I mean, she's, I always told her she could be the best in the world if she ever put her mind to it at 17. I said, you you, you know, you're the one. She says, what do you mean? I said, but you're an animal, so you've got to work out physically hard. Yeah. And she did. She loves it. She thrives on it. And uh, I said, you could be the greatest. Der-. She's the best singles, doubles, and mixed player ever to believe All well, the yeah. best titles in the world. Yes, All right, feeling, 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 no, thank every thank generation you. gets better. I think I think don't you
3: think every generation gets better in in their
2: ways not in bowling and that's it for this episode of the racket magazine podcast thanks for listening our host is Renee Stubbs our co-host and producer is me Caitlin Thompson music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong thanks to Tim Rogerian and the team at Acast find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers